So in the middle of everything going on, and that is so much concerning the virus, concerning pop culture, concerning our personal lives. Who would have thought that the relationships that we would have to protect, that we would have to re-examine, are the relationships that we have with our parents. The concept of creating boundaries is pretty simple when it comes to people we don't know, maybe even our friends. But the people that raised us or the people that gave birth to us, the people that gave us our names, our personalities, a lot of our genetic material, who would have thought that even such connections could be toxic? And if that's the case, like everything else, maybe we should start addressing it on a more deeper, deeper plane. Maybe it's time we start dissecting it, figuring out ways to better it, figuring out ways to heal, figuring out ways to love. Welcome to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. life you're born into the world you grow you mature you go to college you start a career and a family looks like everything goes as planned or does it afternoon and good evening welcome to the latest episode of the glory in our stories i'm your host calvin wayne pennywell jr the title of this episode is honor thy parents and reverence of god honor thy parents and reverence of god this is a topic that i've been contemplating on for quite some time um, it wasn't until i guess this year that i decided to dissect it more opposed to just assuming that this is something that um, requires uh, solely uh, the help of someone who is highly qualified, who has more credentials than myself um, uh, from a clinical standpoint. And they would probably, obviously they would, they probably have more um, practice at handling and, and even discussing and uh, issues that m uh, most of us kids, even if we're uh, 13 or 31 um, or even 61, uh, most of us kids may have had with our, our parents um, the straining relationship that probably has gotten worse as time progresses, um, specifically if if no assistance is provided to better the relationships. So um, I was having a conversation with my, my family, um, actually, and I was just 
thinking randomly how as a child sometimes you get so stuck on something an idea or a truth that you end up believing and you don't question it you end up assuming that that's the way that it is but nobody corrects you nobody informs you um, nobody enlightens you of the fact that maybe there's an alternative way of thinking so for me myself I am a firm believer as you know in God and Christ and even the resurrection I'm a firm believer uh, in God and his truth so this one particular scripture which is in, found in Exodus uh, this is around the time the Israelites were freed from Egypt uh, Moses um, was placed in charge of presenting uh, the, the, the Mosaic law so to speak um, towards the Israelites as they embarked on their new on the next chapter of their lives on the on the onset of their freedom and um, Moses obviously created these Ten Commandments and within those commandments uh, was something geared towards uh, the parents which is honor thy father and mother now we a lot of us quote that scripture simply um, by stating those few words um, but one thing that I've learned is that we always have to look at the context of the scripture to get a thorough understanding exactly of exactly what God was saying in his word in reference to this. So for me, no matter what I said, no matter what I did, if I felt that I wasn't honoring or respecting my parents, uh, despite the relationship or despite their interaction, I always felt that I was the one doing wrong, that I was the one um, that was stepping out of line. And a lot of us get stuck in the mindset that us as children, we don't have room or space or the option to express how we feel to our parents because we would think that's being disrespectful. And it's not. There's nothing disrespectful about being honest. There isn't. Now, the derogatory uh, language that you use, if you're being spiteful, of course. Um, but if you if if your if your parent asks you, if your parent says you're going to college and you simply say, well, I don't think going to college now would benefit me. I think I, if I enter the workforce now and then eventually go to college, I think that's better. That's not disrespectful. That's not disrespectful at all. Because around that point, you're you considered an adult, uh, you you're considered legal, and a, a legal adult, and you can make your own decisions. And if in this case, say for instance, just hypothetically speaking, your parents were paying for your schooling, um, if you choose not to go to college, that's up to you. Uh, whether or not the parents want to um, finance that, that's up to them. But you have every right to decline it, every single right. Um. So I wanted to discuss this because this was a, a misunderstanding that I've had for years. And it's something that I, I needed to explore because if I didn't explore it, then I knew that I would have these assumptions and that I would automatically assume that this is something that 
cannot be changed. This is something that's mandated. So I wanted to explore it. I wanted to explore it just a little bit, uh, a little bit further, a little bit deeper. So what I'm going to do is, and I'm not trying to make this like a teaching, um, boring, disinteresting um, <laughs> episode, uh, but it's something that I think needs to be addressed because I didn't know that this was a major issue until I started talking to a lot of people and realizing that not everybody has a, a very concrete relationship with their parents. And it's not due to lack of trying. Um, it's so easy to listen to somebody and say, man, I hate my father and be like, you know, hate is such a, a strong word. I, I wouldn't say that if I were you, but it's so easy to say that when you're on the outside. It's so easy to say that if you yourself have a very close, tight knit relationship with your parents. And I think the, the issue is that we're not willing to listen and meet people where they're at. Now, just because they may be in a in the valley of their situation doesn't mean or doesn't um, distinguish the value of where we are on the hill. A lot of people get offended by other people's experiences because it counteracts their own. And I think we need to be more flexible in listening and trying to understand other people's experiences so we'll know, or at least have a, you know, gather or create an attempt to um, actually see it from their point of view. So this whole concept of honoring thy parents and reverence of God. Now, I didn't I didn't want to just say honor thy parents because that's simple. But if you pay to pay attention closely, closely attention to God's word, everything should be done in reverence of him. So. um Even uh, I think it's it's in Romans. It says, "Seek first the kingdom of God, and all will be added to you." It says, "Seek first the kingdom of God." It doesn't say, "Seek first all that will be added." Seek first the kingdom, and even in Proverbs three verse five through six, trust in the Lord in all your ways. Lean not upon thy own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him, and He will direct thy path so within that instant all you got to do is acknowledge him and he will direct you acknowledge him move forward and he will give you guidance but the key word the key idea there is honor uh, trust in the lord and acknowledge him honor him right so um i wanted to give like a brief definition of these particular terms um honor and reverence they're similar uh but the words used to describe them via the their definitions are just a little different so uh the first word is reverence now i looked it up in dictionary and it's defined as deep respect for someone or something and then it has the example sentence right under it rituals showed honor and reverence for the dead then I looked up synonyms. Synonyms help a lot because it's like I wouldn't I would say dumbing it down, but it's like okay. For example, um, jump. You can use leap, or you can use propel. You know, there's examples like that. So um, synonyms for reverence is admiration, 
appreciation, worship, all, A-W-E, all, adoration, honor, praise, affection. Now, the example I wanted to use was, and in this case, reverence is deep respect, like deep respect, admiration, appreciation, worship. The Bible um, encourages us to constantly worship God because he deserves it, because he is all good. He is all knowing. He is the beginning and the end. We were created to worship him. Now, a lot of people thinking, oh, you mean by singing, dancing, that's a part of it. But if you think about Adam and Eve, before they sinned, they were worshiping God by tending to his presence. Um, Adam was given stewardship, not just over the land and the animals and everything in the garden. He was also given stewardship over his family. But by doing that, you're worshiping God. You're honoring him. You're taking care of something in honor of God in reverence because you respect God so much. You respect them too much to not take care of that which he's giving you to take care of. So um, so in reverence, the example I thought of was how frequently we fly, we fly airplanes. Now, if you like really think about it, an airplane at max speed is about over 600 miles an hour. And it has to pick up enough speed to lift off the ground and get from one place to the other in record time. Now, usually, if, you know, if you, a, a, a drive from from where I live to maybe Virginia would be about six, seven hours. But on a plane going over going over 600 to something miles an hour, it's going to put you there in less than an hour. I remember being on a plane recently and the and a pilot was saying um, this flight is 30 minutes um, from wheels up to wheels down. And I remember being on the plane. And I remember um, the plane taking off and, and, you know, obviously feeling and hearing the wheels um, be tucked into the plane. And then I remember us about to land and I remember feeling the wheels uh, come down. And literally from the moment the wheels went up and the moment the wheels went down, 30 minutes. Literally, it was literally it was literally a 30 minute flight. And I was like, wow right on point so what was funny is in reverence and reverence of this plane and admiration and appreciation adoration and for this plane this massive plane we are aware of what it's capable of doing it's capable of doing something that we can't do we can't fly but the plane can so we have this reverence for this plane we don't have to worship it because that plane can't exist, can't function without the assistance of humans. So we can't praise it because we, you, can, you praise something that basically doesn't need it in, in relation to God. God doesn't really need our praise. It's just that we have no choice but to because he takes care of everything. When it, we, there's nothing else we can give him but praise, you know. Um, but that's that's something that you can actually read into God's word more about it's in, in reference to worship. So I'm just talking about the, the word itself, reverence. So I found it ironic that 
though this plane uh, is massive, uh, though the plane lifts us up and puts us in a place where we're outside of our comfort zone, you know, we're defying gravity. Um, and in relation to traveling on ground, it's the safest um, preferred traveling um, option. Um, it's the safest option. So we, res we, we lean against that assurance, which allows us to feel safe. So I, um, I just thought that was a good example in relation to that particular term, reverence. So uh, before I get into the concept of honor, thought I'd take a quick break. Uh, continue to listen uh, to this latest episode of the Glory Not Stories, and we'll be right back. to us listeners i wanted to take this opportunity to promote uh my next chat book titled side b uh, i released my first poetry chat book last year back in february of 2020 uh, resignation that was the title of the first chat book and it's basically about my um the my the journey of my manhood uh it took a project it was 10 years in the making um finally put it together got it published and now I'll be publishing sort of the sequel titled Side B. Uh, this is basically all the other pieces that I had written and didn't make the first cut. Uh, this, this, uh, these pieces are just a little bit lengthier. I can be very long-winded when it comes to my writing, uh, but very intentional with my words. So uh, every word counts with me. So check it out. The latest project, Side B. Um, I'll be releasing information on social media as quickly as possible so hope you enjoy it and now back to the episode and welcome back to the latest episode of the glory not stories i'm your host calvin pinwood jr uh, again this is the this episode is titled honor thy parents in reverence of god honor thy parents in reverence of god so previously i was talking about the actual word reverence uh use an example with the uh, airplane crafts uh, showing seeing that we have reverence for airplane craft um because of the safetyness it provides and the convenience it guarantees so and even going back to god um god guarantees um uh, the best for us for he says, for only I know the plans that I have for you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you hope. So, um, so yeah. And even that is risky. God is risky. I'm, I don't mind saying that God is risky because you don't know. You don't know what's on the other side of any situation. But what you can trust is God. What you can trust is his reputation. So, reverencing God is something that as a believer should be inevitable 
because he is God. So anyway, going back to going to the next word, which is honor. So in honor thy parents, right? Now the word, actual word is in definition is pay public respect to. Now the second definition is fulfill an obligation or keep an agreement. So the synonyms for that, for the word honor is salute, recognize, celebrate, applaud. And a second set of uh, synonyms is fulfill. Well, a second set of synonyms is fulfill, observe, keep, execute. Now, <clears throat> I thought this was interesting. Now, if you go back to um, to uh, Exodus 20, Exodus 20, uh, which I'll talk about later, um, he's talking about uh, the idea well, that, that transition between Egypt and the land of milk and honey, right? It was that, that, that period where they didn't know where they were going, <clears throat> but uh, many of them wanted to be where they were, which was Egypt, because it was familiar, right? But one of the commandments is, asked, is stating, is, is, is commanding that you honor your parents. You honor your parents. Um, now, specifically that particular particular scripture, it says, and this is Exodus 20, verse 12, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, if you really think about the structure of that sentence, it is similar to the title of this podcast because it says, honor thy mother, honor thy parents and reverence of God. Go back to the scripture. Honor your father and your mother, honor thy parents, so that you may live long in the land the Lord God, your, the Lord your God is giving you. So, honor thy parents in reverence of God, the God, the Lord, who has given you this land. Your parents didn't give you that land. The parents didn't give the children of, of Egypt, the children of Egypt, the Israelites, children of Israel. The parents didn't give the kids that land that came post Egypt. God gave them that land, not their parents. So if there's anybody that you're going to reverence, it's not your parents, it's God. But you honor your parents out of respect because God commands you to in reverence of him. It didn't say honor your parents if they get you into college, honor your parents if they say yes to everything you ask for, honor your parents if they are kind and if they are sweet. He's saying honor your parents. You can only, because at that moment, it doesn't say honor perfect parents. It just says honor your parents. And in this aspect, it means respect your parents. And you can respect inconsiderate parents. You can respect disrespectful parents. You can respect your parents by simply respecting them, simply saying, yes, sir, no, sir, or yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, answering their questions. Like if they ask you a question, of course, you can withhold information if you want to. You have every right, but you can be respectful without using vindictive um, ways of responding or even uh, retaliating with the purpose of hurting their feelings and hurting their personhood. 
you can be respectful while reverencing God because ultimately you respect your parents out of your love and adoration for God going back to the word reverence and going back to the synonyms out of admiration of God out of appreciation for God out of worship out of all out of honor out of affection for God you will honor your parents because your parents sorry to say this your parents can disown you your parents can give you up for adoption um, your, your parents can kick you out of their home but your heavenly father is always there to welcome you back home referencing the story of the prodigal son the father was waiting for his son to come home God is always waiting for you to come home God always has something better for you God always has a seat for you at the table God always has fresh clothes he always have he always has a full meal everything you need he has it for you you never have to worry about wanting for not well you have to you never have to worry about wanting for if you are a child of God you will want for not because he he is gyra he is provider and amongst all his other names for anything that you need going back to even when he was talking to Moses he said, I am that I am. Everything that you need, that's what I am. Every question you have, I'm the answer. So that's why it is best to reverence God. And by reverencing God, you respect your parents. Because ultimately, you are doing this for the love of the one person who will never leave nor forsake you. So um, so under the word honor, I went to Acts, the book of Acts, Acts 9, verse 31. Now going back to what I was talking about, the plane, right? You're in all of the plain, but you trust it. It says, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now, the book of Acts is 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 titled Saul's conversion. Now, I'm going to tell you <laughs> in verse order the conversion of Saul uh, Saul went from verse 1 Saul went from this to that now verse 1 is this this as in meanwhile Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples and then you go down to verse 15 same chapter God is saying this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Same God that was crucifying Christians is not, has now become one and is spreading the gospel. So if you want to read more context, uh, check out um, the New Testament in reference to Paul, because Paul's original name was Saul, but it changed to Paul. And um, you'll, you'll be able to read about Paul's uh, conversion. It's miraculous, by the way. I haven't really read it thoroughly, but I've heard so many good things about Paul from other believers. And I'm just so I'm very inspired by him. So. Um, so, yeah, uh, we just got through talking about reverence and the concept of honor and how they go hand in hand and how uh, the different ways of saying reverence and honor. So going down to the first point, which is the command to honor thy parents. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. Um, you can read it 
uh, amongst, your, amongst yourselves <laughs> for the sake of time uh, if you wanted to dissect this more. So uh, Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. Now I'm just going to read um, verse 2 of uh, Exodus 20. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Now, he didn't say your parents brought you out. He said, I am the Lord of God that brought you out of Egypt, brought you out of Egypt. Hence, you should reverence him because he's the one that brought you out of captivity. And if you go down again to verse 12, which is the official verse that says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. Now, another way to look at that, yo, I didn't think about this. Now, maybe this is what the Bible says, but I thought this was a good thing to um, think about. In verse 12, it says, honor your father and your mother, right? Now, honor, the word honor also means, if we go back to that second definition, is fulfill an obligation or keep an agreement. Now, if you think about uh, the people that were removed from captivity from Egypt, they were given a promise from God that wherever they were going was going to be far better than what they came from. They're going to be living in the land of milk and honey with with their freedom. After, after generations of captivity, they are now free. And not only are they free, that means their children will be free. They will be born into freedom. So another way to honor your parents is to carry out the promise that you will do better than they did. Now, I'm not saying you're doing this to shun them. I mean, you're building, you're building up. Your family has created a foundation. It is your responsibility, your obligation to build up and to create better opportunities that your parents couldn't, didn't have and probably couldn't create for you. And I'm, and I'm learning from a lot of parents that one of the best ways to um, to uh, to try to fix the relationship that you ha that you have with your parents is to give your kids what they couldn't give you. If you have an absent parent, be present for your child so that you can appreciate what that is. Appreciate something that you've never had. Imagine the privilege of being able to give something that was not given to you. You are in a position where you can um, share. You are in a position where you can be present and your absent parent was not. And even if your parent was there, uh, a lot of us know what it feels like to have a parent in the house, but not present, but not consistent, but not intentional. Many of us know that. And then again, many of us know how it feels not to have a particular parent in a household at all. So it could work either or. It can work both ways, basically. Um, so, yeah, the command to honor the parents, you can you can honor your, you can respect your parents um, simply by being kind to them and addressing them as your parents, as your elders. Uh, but you can also honor them by choosing to do better. Even if your relationship is toxic, you can choose to better the relationships that you have with other people let alone the children that you bring um, into the world. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go to the second point. Second point is the command to become one with your spouse. Now this is something 
that my wife brought up that I totally forgot. Yes, you are your parents' child. Yes, you should respect your parents, not just generally, but scripturally. You should honor and respect your parents. But at some point, your parents are not in charge of dictating your future. They are not numero uno. Your spouse becomes numero uno in reference to them. Your responsibility is no longer your family, but your spouse. Now, this is in Mark chapter 10. It's the New Testament. And the, the title of the section is Divorce. So I'm going to read it uh, for you right quick. Um, it's, not, it's not too long. It's not too lengthy. But I thought that there was something that uh, worth, worth sharing. So it says, Mark 10, Divorce. Um, verse 1. Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. Verse 5, It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law. Jesus replied, but at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So uh, for that reason, a man will leave his father and mother and become united with his spouse. So that means that at one point you were united with your family. You were um, linked to your family's tree as this as the primary source, where in this case it'd be resource because only God is can be the source. But now you have become one with your spouse and now you all are creating your own tree. Um, or even branch and you start branching out. So at some point, when the relationship that you have with your spouse is hindered by the lack of relationship with your parents, that is an issue that is biblically uh, toxic because you are to become one with your flesh, which means that whatever toxic toxicity is 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 it has latched on to you will latch on to your spouse and your spouse who did not grow up, who did not choose. You don't choose your families anyway, but your your spouse was married into this family. Your spouse didn't ask for that. Your spouse did not come into the family with the expectation of having to deal with these same issues. So they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. That's one aspect. And neither do you. Neither do you. You do not deserve such, such a, a dysfunctional connection with your parents. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. Um, and that's something that we all have to learn, uh, specifically once we get married, is, you know, whatever we bring, our, our, our spouses are going to catch it. And um, the, the one thing that we can do, like I mentioned earlier, is creating these boundaries, not just to protect our, ourselves, but protect our family, um, protect our unit. You know, protect the family that we're responsible for. Um, and lastly is the command to protect yourself. 
which is very important. Now, it is good to honor your parents, but it's also good to protect yourself. If what your parents are doing is becoming detrimental for your spirit. Now, I'm not going to read the entire thing, um, but it does say in, in, in Ephesians and that the uh, it's talking about the armor of God. So if you look it up, if you just type it into Google, I forgot to put the actual <laughs> book reference, man. I, I knew I should have did that, and I, I, I apologize for that, but so that you have a reference to go to. But if you look it up, look up in Ephesians, it's talking about the armor of God. Um, and I'm just going to read you what the what the word says about uh, the actual armor of God that that protects you spiritually. Um, oh, now I'll go ahead and read it, actually. Um, the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that, you, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand after you've done everything you can to stand now when you exhaust everything you have for the sake of your of maintaining that relationship with your parents then that at that point let God handle it while still wearing the armor wearing his armor to protect yourself and one thing to remember and I know it's going to be difficult but as a culture, as, 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 as society has proven, we love putting a face to an issue. If there's anything that goes wrong, we have to put it on somebody. It's somebody's fault. But the Bible does explicitly state that the issues that we have are not of this world. They're against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So... Tony Evans says a lot what you if what you see is all you see then what you see isn't all to be seen I know he he, he said I, I didn't say it verbatim but he says it to that nature so the issues that we have with our parents are not just surface level issues that's Satan's way of severing uh, the, 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 the family structure that's his way of doing that because he knows that if he can sever the family then he can create um, issues for everyone involved. And it can also um, be caused a distraction in reference to our relationship with God. Because a lot of times we compare the relationship that we have with our parents to that of God, which means if our mom and our dad disappoint us, how can we trust someone that we don't see? How can we trust someone that has allowed us to have such toxic relationships with the people that gave birth to us. It's so easy to do. But one thing God's promise assures is that everything that we need him to be, going back to what he said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, go to them and tell them that I am sent you. That is all you need to know is that I am whatever you need. You need a mom, you need a dad, you need a, a relationship, you need a, a mentor, you need a brother, you need a friend, 
uh, you need an advisor, you need somebody that's going to put fire under your butt. And also, you are, if, even if you need somebody to comfort you, I am that I am. So these relationships that we have with our parents, even when we get older, there's still that lack. There's still something that we've been deprived of. Once we come to the real realization that our parents, and this is scary, and I'm gonna leave it, I'm gonna leave it at this. Once we come to the conclusion that maybe our parents were not created to give us those things, that's a harsh reality. Once we're okay with that, then we know where we can look to receive them, which is God. Um, and that's something that we had to, we all have to come to terms with. We're not always going to get a just apology. We're not always going to have that conversation that we should have had 20 years ago. Um, the question is, where are we now and where can we go from here? So going back to everything I was saying prior, honor your father, honor your mother in reverence of God, the one person who will never leave nor forsake you. But you should also protect yourself. And you can do that by setting boundaries. You can do that by creating healthy boundaries not just completely shutting somebody off if you indeed want to continue having that relationship but just continuously um saying to yourself i am not going to allow things to get beyond this point then that's a healthy boundary because you're protecting yourself and you're also protecting the other person you can respect your parent by cutting a conversation short you can respect your parent by saying, you know what, I don't really feel like talking at this moment. I, I will have to come back. I have to leave. Um, you, can, you can respect your parent by kindly ending conversations or simply removing yourself. It, to a lot of people, it's going to seem disrespectful and it's going to be very jarring. But you're doing the best that you can to stay sane. You're doing the best that you can to protect your heart and protect your spirit by using the armor of God. Um, I wanted to look up certain things based on um, um, like actual um, textual evidence in relation to doing research from a from a, a scientific perspective. So I looked up uh, I looked on psychologytoday.com. And these are questions uh, that you can ask yourself in reference to uh, the relationship that you have with your parents. And these are questions that maybe you can consider. And it says at, at psychologytoday.com, talking about toxic behavior, it says, here are some questions to ask yourself about your parents' behavior. If this conduct is chronic and persistent, it can be toxic to your self-esteem. Uh, the questions are, do they tend to overreact or create a scene? Uh, do they use emotional blackmail? Do they make frequent or unreasonable demands? Uh, do they try to control you? Do they criticize or compare you? Do they blame or attack you? Do they take responsibility and apologize? Those are just a few of the 12 questions that they actually listed. Now, if you go even uh, further down on, on, on the, in the document, I'm sorry, in the website, actually the article, the web page, um, it does say here are some things to think about when it comes to your family. Your parents don't have to heal for you to get well. Cutoffs don't heal. You are not your parents. You're not the abusive things they say about you either. 
You don't have to like your parents, but you might still be attached and love them. Active addiction or abuse by a parent may trigger you. Set boundaries and practice non-attachment. So do do whatever you have to do to be healthy. Your wellness is important because if you don't take care of yourself, then you won't be that much of assistance to your spouse, let alone your kids, your friends, everyone that's dependent on you. Again, that was found at Psychology Today. Uh, dot com. So um, I hope that that helps. If you need more information, I highly suggest that you do the research. Um, you can actually, of course, you can always go to God's word. Look at these references that I pointed out um, in reference to uh, Exodus and Ephesians and Acts. Um, read more for context and and, and 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 aim to gather truth so that you do understand what God is saying, what God is instructing us to do in relation to our parents. This is not the easiest thing to do. It probably never will be. But you have to remember that you are loved. You have to remember that your parents are loved and that maybe your parents are hurting from something that their parents did to them. I wrote a piece titled uh, Panoramic Rhapsody. And in that piece, I said, a hurt man hurts people because his dad hurt him. Because his dad hurt it because his dad was hurting him. And then I said, Homer Simpson chokes Bart because his dad was choking him. And the thing that happens is these generational issues are passed down and no one strives to break them. And I think it's time that we do these toxic relationships that we have with our parents. It has to end with us. We have to take a take the initiative and seek help, if not for the both of you or all of you. And yourself. But in this equation, if you are seeking a relationship, if you are seeking betterment, it is best that you do this for you. Because if you're married, your spouse does not deserve the, the residue that is left behind after every conversation that you have with your parent. Your children does not deserve the rigidness that exists in your heart because that will be passed on. Because if you think about it, you're going to be upset because of, of a disagreement that you have with your parent and your child's going to need you to be there for them but you're agitated and then you take it out on them and then they assume that they're the problem and then they grow up assuming that it's my fault that my father is always angry when technically your father their father is mad with their father and their grandfather is mad with their father so it's again going back to the to the fact that we want to put a face to our issues when the bible plainly states that what we're fighting against is in a spiritual realm, which means that we need to use spiritual weapons to fight a spiritual battle. So I hope this helped in any way. Um, so, yeah, I hope that you know, the relationships that we do have with our parents continue to grow, continue to mature. But also, I pray that we continue to seek um, self-love, love. I pray that we continue to love ourselves the way God does. Um, God loves us on our worst day. He created us, which means that everything that we're doing and going to do, he already knew. He already knew we were going to do it, but he loved us so much so that we would not be defined 
by it. We would not be valued by it. So, again, thank you so much for listening to uh, the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories by your host, Calvin Pennywood Jr. Again, the title of this podcast episode is Honor Thy Parents and Reverence of God. Thank you all so much for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. Mm-hmm.